Welcome back to Let's Be Great 1-5, a YMCA of Rock River Valley podcast dedicated to all things healthy living. I'm Melissa Burns. And I'm Gina Carvelis. And today, as we approach Mental Illness Awareness Week, we'd like to talk about mental health. Before we get started, we think it's important to let our listeners know that today's topic might not be appropriate for everyone. So please consider that if children or other individuals who might be sensitive to this topic are listening. I was stunned to see a statistic stating that one in five adults experience mental illness. And I think that statistic alone sheds light on the fact that if we aren't dealing with mental illness directly, we almost certainly know someone who is. Yes, that's very true. And unfortunately, there is a stigma around mental illness where there shouldn't be. It's a disease. It's just like diabetes or heart disease, and there should be no shame about it. But unfortunately, there often is. Yep. And uh, we've invited Melissa Westfall and Javier Whitford to be with us today. Melissa sits on the board of the Northern Illinois chapter of the National Alliance for Mental Illness, or NAMI. And Xavier also sits on the board and is the Mental Illness Awareness Week event chair for NAMI Northern Illinois. But uh, both of these women have very real personal stories to share with us today um, on the impacts of mental illness. So thank you so much for both being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, We really appreciate your time and your sharing of your stories. Melissa, can we start with you? Do you mind sharing a little bit about your story and what brought you to become involved with NAMI and other mental health organizations in our area? Sure can. Thank you again for for taking the time to chat with us. It's such an important topic and that one in five statistic that you mentioned is really, you know, a big thing that we try to communicate through NAMI and in a way to normalize mental health and mental illness because it is so common and so pervasive in our in our country. So um, I used to work, I used to be a reporter at the newspaper and I think that's how I first became aware of NAMI. I actually, um, they have always had some great outreach in the community and I in, interviewed some of their uh, members and leaders and attended some of their events and um, just knew that they were a great uh, resource in our community and have been for, I think it's almost 40 years at this point. Um, so um, personally, um, I do have um, mental illness in my family. Um, so that has always been sort of an interest in me as a journalist. I've always been the person who asks questions and likes to research and gather facts. So Mm -hmm. as, as I learned more of those experiences of other people, um, I felt like I tried to learn more. And then I think like a lot of people, the older I got, um, you know, the more that you have to balance as we, uh, go about our adult lives. Um, I found myself struggling with more anxiety, more anxious feelings. And for me personally, um, I have, I have an issue with, um, food addiction and weight and self-confidence. So, um, I sought out, um, a counselor who specialized in those issues and I've been going to regular therapy for, um, I, I was thinking about this coming into today. I think it's been a little over four years. So, um, that's given me a really good foundation to, just be more kind to myself. If we're talking about be kind to your mind for our mental illness awareness week activities and, you know, have, have compassion for other people, for the way I was raised, for my thoughts about food and 
body image and just, you know, how to, how to have better coping skills to go about day-to-day life with everything that, that we run into. So, um, I, I think a lot of people in therapy are proud to talk about being in therapy and like encourage other people to do it too. So, um, I try to explain to people if they ask questions, kind of what I do and, and how that helps me. And, um, it's an important part of, of my mental health and my overall well-being in healthcare. That's so uh, important. You just touched on a subject that I think a lot of people need to realize is that it's okay to ask for help or, and you knew where to go. You know, you had uh, this exposure from working at the paper. And um, I think that's great. You know, a lot of people, I think, try to deflect or um, just deal with it in my own way mm-hmm. and, you know, and just try to push sure. through. And, or there is a little bit of a um, hesitance of, I don't need help. I'm fine. I'm fine. And mm-hmm. I think you also mentioned too, I think a lot of listeners can relate to that. Um, just because you don't maybe need assistance at this point in your life, you may down the road, or you may have a family member or a friend or somebody else, you know, and how to assist them when they share some personal information. You know, I just saw uh, recently, um, you know, and this isn't new to anybody, but just how Instagram is so bad, right? For um, young females and um, just, you know, people seeing images out there and trying to associate that with them and what that can do to you mentally, you know, and Mm -hmm. how to cope with those things and to talk about it. And so definitely um, hit home with me that, you know, I need to be talking with my young ones um, about these different subjects and making sure that um, that there's a conversation there and that it's an open door all the time. And um, I, another statistic that uh, we recently saw was just one in eight uh, visits or ER visits involves mental illness and substance abuse. Um, you know, what I guess would be some thoughts about, you know, do you agree with that? Do you think that substance abuse, you know, goes hand in hand? And what are some thoughts there? Javier, you want to take that one? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't know if you were going to answer there, but yes, substance abuse obviously is a mental illness. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I teach mental health first aid and it's one of the things that we teach in our class, the difference between, you know, depression and anxiety and psychosis and substance abuse. So, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize that that substance abuse disorder is a mental illness in itself. Mm -hmm. But um, we talk a lot about how, you know, oftentimes when people are dealing with depression or anxiety, that often it then develops into a substance use disorder because they're self-medicating. They're trying to get rid of the feelings or hide the feelings that are the things that they're feeling and going through mentally by using substances. And then ultimately it turns into a substance use disorder. So yeah, I hope that answers your question, but yeah, yes, it's- very prevalent. And there's often, you know, people that are dealing with dual diagnoses in a lot of instances. I don't know the exact statistic for that, but, um, you know, people that live with depression, anxiety often are dealing with substance use disorder as well as that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you. And, Mm -hmm. um, Javier, I know that you have a story as well. And, and obviously the topic of mental health in general can be a difficult one to discuss, your story is especially difficult because it deals with suicide. So I just want to thank you so much for being willing to come on as our guest and share this story. I think it's important. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, 
my story has not such a good ending in one part and another, you know, good ending in a way and other parts. So my son, Tommy, um, was, uh, he lost his dad. So he was affected by trauma at a very young age. He lost his dad at the age of three by a car accident. And obviously a three, as a three-year-old, you know, you can't process that type of loss. You can't make sense of why your daddy's not coming home. And, um, it's obviously also a tragedy that no parent wants to see their child go through. Right. Um, but you know, we did, I did everything that I felt I could do to support him. And he was quite resilient for a while. He played soccer. He was always had an energy, you know, a, a very energetic personality and everybody that came around him fell in love with him. He's very known for, you know, when people talk about Tommy, they talk about his bright smile and, um, his funny character that he had, but the reality is, is Tommy always had this underlying anger and um, that he dealt with and he would often isolate himself from time to time. And so we were consistently as a parent, I was trying to do everything that I should do, but I was very undereducated. Um, I took him to doctors and therapists. I did everything that they told me to do. You know, if they said he needed medication, I put him on medication. If they said he needed therapy, I had him in therapy. And um, it was around the age of 10 years old that Tommy was um, officially diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Um, and obviously we did everything in our power to try and support him, you know, make him feel loved, take him, um, do everything we could to help him through that, knowing that was his diagnosis. But one thing that was never, I was never aware of and never was brought to my attention by any of the therapists or doctors that we took him to was that depression is the number one leading cause of suicide. And um, when Tommy ended up getting into junior high, he started to self-medicate. We were just talking about this and mm -hmm. eventually developed a substance abuse addiction. Um, we had many scares with him in and out of rehab, um, but he did end up graduating high school a year later than planned, which was, you know, a huge accomplishment. We were very happy about that. But around that same time, he found out that his on again, off again girlfriend was pregnant. And so again, you know, you're graduating high school, you're dealing with your girlfriend being pregnant. Mm -hmm. He had just moved out of our house and into a family friend's house. And there was just a lot of change happening. And um, it was about three weeks um, before Tommy did pass away that he, we had a graduation party for him to celebrate. And he came to me at that graduation party and he said, mom, I think I need to go back to the doctor again. Um, I'm really, really struggling. And I think I need to be put back on medication. And so I did what every mother would do. I made an appointment on Monday, got him in to see mm -hmm. the doctor, got the prescription filled. Um, and we actually, actually had lunch about a week later and I, I felt like things were going in the right direction and maybe the medication was working because, uh, you know, he was in a better um, state of mind. He, he said his girlfriend moved in with him. They were going to, you know, do the best that they could to make this relationship work and be good parents. And he was actually very much looking forward to the future. But unfortunately, um, on August 18th of 2014, I got a call from his girlfriend and they had had a fight and he had texted her that he just couldn't do it anymore. He didn't want to live and that this pain was just too much and it wasn't going to work. This life wasn't worth living. And so um, I had tried to call him. He didn't answer. And honestly, in my mind at that point, I still was just thinking he's mad. You know, he, he, he doesn't want to talk to me, um, yeah. but I went to go check yeah. on him on my lunch and walked in on every every parent's worst nightmare, um, and found my son had taken his life by suicide. Oh, so, 
obviously, you know, <laughs> that crushes your world. Um, and, mm-hmm. and my whole world just completely fell apart. And it, it changed my life in the fact that not only did I realize that um, there was so much I didn't know and so much that I was undereducated with when it came to him, but I myself, um, as a result of finding my son that day, have experienced my own mental health struggles with mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, yep. and especially PTSD, um, which is something that I had never experienced before. Um, and so I had to find ways myself to go through this journey, find out how to help myself, how to, how to learn from what happened with Tommy. And really what I, I realized that day was that I had to find a purpose in this pain, right? I always talk about purpose in the pain because um, I could let the pain crush me. I could let the mental illness just take over, right? Or I could um, find support and find ways to help myself and turn this pain that I was feeling and losing my son into a greater purpose, which is what I've been doing, um, sitting on the board with NAMI and working in the community to increase mental health and, and suicide awareness. Wow. Yeah. What a story. My goodness. First off, I am so sorry, but I'm so thankful you're here and sharing your story and just using this, um, like you said, purpose to uh, move forward and help others and just bring awareness um, around this. And, you know, one thing um, that stuck out to me is you said that uh, Tommy started in and you started uh, going to the doctor at age 10. That's so young. Um, You know, and my, I, I think a lot of parents wouldn't necessarily think to that level, um, I went and said, I just, I have a 10 year old, so, you know, and I'm thinking back to my goodness, you know, would I have, would I recognize certain situations that, you know, it could be leading to depression or anxiety Mm -hmm. or, you know, what that may be, um, you know, the, uh, that suicide, you know, is the second leading cause of death among ages 10 to 34, and 10 just stands out, you know, not only that I have a 10 year old, but just hearing your story and how that's where it all started, you know, it's just uh, mind blowing, you know, so can you, um, can either of you tell us, you know, what NAMI does to help those in the community that's facing mental illness and what that looks like? Yep, I can get started and then Javier can, I know I'm going to forget something, but um, (laughs) so as I mentioned, NAMI has been around for almost 40 years and was started by people who had experience with us and came together because they were looking for help um, in a community that has a lot of resources, but still has a lot of gaps in in services. So, you know, it was started by... um, parents and family members and friends of people with mental illness or people with mental illness themselves that were trying to coordinate some support. So that's exactly what NAMI does. So um, we offer education, um, different classes, um, different things for families, for parents. Um, We have support groups um, for adults and teens. And Javier actually leads uh, a lot of our teen-focused activities. So she can also speak a little bit more to that. But Um, we have our mental illness awareness week activities that come up every year for the first week, um, of October. That's a big outreach for us. Mental health awareness month is in May. Um, uh, we try to be advocates for people in this community that are, that are living with this and, and really try to break that stigma that you mentioned earlier, um, that Mm -hmm. exists when it comes to mental health, even though one in five of us are, are dealing with it. So 
Um, yeah. Javier, I'll let you jump in as well. Well, I was just going to say, and with advocacy, we also do a lot of state and local legislation um, advocacy. We have a group that works and meets with our local legislators and state legislators to try to have conversations around things that um, need to change, you know, mm-hmm. both at a state and local level and having those conversations and being really active and involved in the community to just be there to support and advocate for anyone and every everyone that needs it. So, but yeah, our support groups, um, one of the things that, you know, when we talk about NAMI and how I came to NAMI is I did not learn about NAMI until after I lost my son and Mm -hmm. I had struggled, you know, obviously my son had struggled with mental health issues, you know, for years and we've been local. Um, and it really was one of those things I was like, why didn't I know about this? Why didn't I hear about NAMI? How come mm-hmm. no one shared this information with me? And so that's what kind of, you know, got me to be involved with NAMI is like, okay, I want to be involved with you because what you're doing is amazing, but we also need to make sure that more people find yeah, out about who NAMI is and what NAMI has to offer. So when they're struggling, they know where to turn and they know how to get support for themselves or their family members. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I was just, I was just going to jump in really quick and um, Javier and I actually crossed paths a long time ago um, before we both got involved with NAMI. And Mm -hmm. I feel like um, I got a little preview as to how, what an amazing advocate she was going to become through the years for mental health and for her son and for everyone who's, who's living with these, with these things. And um she has her own foundation, um, for her son and she does the mental health first aid. And, um, I just, I give her kudos cause you guys just listened to her story and she, you know, she, she's really helped a lot of people. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I forget. I forget that sometimes Melissa, that you were like one of the first people to share my story. Um, yeah. I had yeah. went to, you know, after losing Tommy, I was just desperate for, to figure out, you know, what, where can I get support? How can I find help? And one of the first places I turned was um, to Ray of Hope, which is a local suicide suicide survivor support group that's been around for years. Forever. I mean, years. Again, not many people know about it, obviously, unless you've been affected personally by suicide. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to my first meeting like two weeks after losing Tommy. I was broken. I was in so much pain, but I knew even at that point that I, I, there was a purpose in this and I was, I was mm-hmm. willing and ready to search for the purpose and be open to any doors that opened. And that's when I met, she happened to be at that meeting and she was doing a story on Ray of Hope and mm-hmm. the group. And she asked me if I would be willing to share my story. And I was like, yes, you know, like, this is hard. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. I remember crying. Yep. I remember taking the picture and I look at that picture still today, which I saved and I looked, you know, my friends even said, oh my gosh, you look so sad. And I was like, cause I was, and I, yeah. you know, I, I was so broken, but I was mm-hmm. so willing to share that story. And that that's when our, you know, paths first crossed. And then now here we are several years later, still serving on the board together. And I know work, <laughs> yeah. so. I was just thinking about that heading into today. Like, uh, you know, she just, she is just propelled so much education and outreach and, and that has not, as has NAMI and a lot of really good organizations in this community. But I feel like you, Javier, you really touched on something of like, you don't, you don't know, unfortunately you don't know about fortunately or unfortunately, you don't know about these things until you absolutely need them, which 
that's the, you know, it's tough. Like when you need it, you're in this raw emotion, pain, wondering, you know, what could have happened or what could have done differently. And it's just, it's, it's hard. And I feel like we've raised the bar. NAMI has worked really hard the last several years to really just increase that outreach and, and support for people and at least try to be a liaison between all the different resources that exist, because you're right. I, I feel like lack of, of, of access or lack of just knowing where, where the heck to turn is, is the mm-hmm. first step for most people. Yeah. And the key is collaboration, you know, key is working with all organizations because what NAMI does, they do well, you know, what uh, Stepping Stones does, they do well, what Rosecrans does, they do well, but it's like, how can we all work together to make sure we're filling the gaps and we're being most effective for those in our community who are living with mental health issues or been affected by suicide and making sure they feel supported and that they are guided to the right resources and all of those things. So that's another thing that really brought me in Tsunami was the that that they very much have a collaborative approach to the community aspect because it's not just about them it's about all of us working together right <laughs> and that's very much the type of person I am you know um, my full time job I've worked 15 years for the city of Rockford so the city in general is just my, has my heart and so what can we all do together to really make a difference and. You know, that kind of leads us into Mental Illness Awareness Week and what our, our, our motto and our mind has always been with that is to create events and create opportunities that include all people within the, um, you know, the community to come out and talk about this and provide opportunities to learn, improve their mental health, improve their resiliency and improve their toolkit so that they can mm-hmm. be as, as, you know, help healthy as possible, both mentally, physically, you know, or whatever they need. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and I think these are the kinds of stories too, you know, people hear these stories and they, they understand that they're not alone. And so um, sometimes it's not easy to share the story. And I just, I, I am so appreciative of both of you for be, being willing to do that with us. And Javier, my, my deepest condolences to you on the loss of your son, um, but also my deepest appreciation because uh, it's it's a very selfless act to then go out and get very public about this and speak out about this and and, mm-hmm. and take that pain you have, like you said, and turn it around and and, and turn it into something positive. So um, I appreciate that so much. And I know our listeners do. So thank you. Thank you both so much. Um, as we said, there's a lot going on um, the first week of October to bring awareness to mental health. So please check our website, um, rockriverymca.org for more informa- information on what the Y is doing, and then go to NAMI Northern Illinois.org to see what they've got planned for the week of 10-1. Lots going on. We always say that this podcast is about all things healthy living. And sometimes we just think diet and exercise, but mental health should be attended to just like our physical and spiritual health. Um, If you or someone you love is struggling with mental illness, help is available by calling the NAMI helpline at 1-800-273-8255. Yes. Thank you so much to our guests, um, Melissa and Xavier. We really appreciate you being here and sharing your stories today and to our listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to like and follow us wherever you listen to our podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.